From Chicago, welcome to Three Degrees Discussions. I'm your host, Mike Vasquez. This is a podcast devoted to the stories behind the innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders in the 3D printing industry. Definitely, we had some projects that uh, we have been on, running or we are running at the moment where we are testing new materials because uh, the customer need uh, very, very specific uh, uh, properties in, in the material, something we don't have uh, in our standard portfolio. So we, we qualify materials and sort of, yes, we are, we are uh, as you said, uh, let's call it a service bureau, but uh, we really want to be flexible and, and really uh, be able to, to work uh, according to the requirements of our of our customer. That was Dr. Enrico Galino. Enrico is an additive manufacturing material specialist at Rico UK. He has a background in material science and polymers with experience in R&D, product development, and technical support across different sectors, including academia, energy, cosmetics, steel, and additive manufacturing. He joined the show today to talk about his career and the variety of printer modalities and materials that he's working on at Rico. Before we get started, head over to to www.3degreescompany.com and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, you can listen to the show anywhere you download your podcast, including Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or Stitcher. Enrico, thank you for joining the show today. I'm excited for this conversation. Um, we met a, a, a few years ago digitally and uh, hopefully in person one of the days soon. Um, so for like we do with with all of the the podcasts we've done of late um let's start at the very beginning kind of where are you from kind of how did you get on the track to 3d printing and engineering yeah so thank you mike first for for having me on uh, on your podcast so i'm originally from uh, from italy and i left uh, italy probably about 15 years ago uh when uh and I was doing my master, uh, my master degree in, uh, in material science. Then I moved to, to France, <clears throat> spent uh, around 10 years in France working on, on my PhD first. That was more still about in, uh, in polymers. Then I worked uh, <clears throat> in, a, in a few different industry, energy, then in the cosmetic industry. And then I moved in the UK uh, about uh, seven years ago, firstly working in the in the steel industry, uh, developing coating. And then after nearly two and a half years working in the industry, I, I sort of had the, the feeling that uh, my, my career needed, <laughs> needed a move and ended up in, uh, in this job at, uh, at Rico in the fantastic world of uh, additive manufacturing that for me was, uh, was completely new. So I've joined Rico now uh, four years ago. Uh, initially as a as a material engineer and then since then my role has quite uh, evolved and now it's uh, has got a more wider wider scope than just uh, just materials awesome and and so when you first were pursuing the rico job did you know additive manufacturing was going to be part of your job description or was that kind of something you got tossed into once you joined no, actually, the, the, that was on the on the job uh, on the job description. And act, originally, my my role uh, should have been splitted between the two technical center we've got on site, additive manufacturing and uh, and inkjet. But uh, in the end, I end up 
just doing additive manufacturing because there was so much uh, to do at that at that time that uh, uh, from the beginning was was hundred uh, percent uh, additive manufacturing and you know really enjoyed uh, the the journey so far discovering uh, discovery additive manufacturing. So. And what what drove you or what kind of persuaded you to go down the material science path? Yeah, it's uh, I think it's uh, it's really the the kind of uh, uh, for me it was interest first to be able to to develop products that uh, can can be commercialized and material are a big part of uh, a big part of that and additive manufacturing it's also a, a great place to be to be a material scientist because you you obviously there are still a lot of requirement to develop to develop new material characterize them and optimize the parameter for uh, for production and also additive manufacturing being a new a new technology gives you the the opportunity to uh, to potentially develop develop new materials that uh, are not existing for for other technology. Yep. Yeah. And sorry for the cameo of my my kids today. It's no, crazy. It's fine. It's. Uh, I think it's part of this new <laughs> uh, nor- post COVID normality we are all living in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, kind of, let's talk about Rico for a little bit. Um, so, Rico, kind of, when I think of them, it's like conventional inkjet printing, right? Kind of like yeah. the printing on paper and, um, and big printing kind of 2d, um, yeah. what's, what's Rico's kind of position in the 3d printing space. What's kind of the strategy and, and how do they think about that as part of the business? Yeah, I think for, uh, for Rico moving from the, the 2d printing, which maybe people still associate Rico with the, with the office printer, but it's, it's, it's more than that. We are very, very strong also in the, in the commercial and industrial printing. So commercial printing is printing on, on paper, but, uh, you know, outside the office and uh, industrial printing is printing on any kind of substrate that is not, uh, this is not paper you can print on all sort of, all sort of stuff. And, and moving into 3d printing is, uh, we say is an is a natural evolution of uh, of that because we we are targeting mainly in industrial uh, industrial application and uh, you know we 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 came on the market uh, in uh, 2000 uh, 2016 with uh, with an SLS uh, SLS printer so originally in the in the in the polymer uh, in the polymer space uh, and now we we are also developing our uh, our um, a binder jetting uh, technology for printing uh, from printing metal parts, and we really believe that uh, additive manufacturing is uh, is not just a technology of for the future. A manufacturing technology for the future is already a technology that is established in the in the present for for going beyond prototyping. We really believe that three D printing is one of the technology for the future for for serial production. And this is where we, we want to play. We, we are a manufacturer ourselves. So we, we have been uh, manufacturing product <coughs> for, for more than 18 years. And we, we really think that the 3D printing is an additional manufacturing tool for the, you know, for the present and 
uh, also for, for the future to, to produce products. Yeah, and it's one of those things where Rico as a company, there's so many things I imagine you guys already do as an organization in, in the 2D printing world that have yeah. like that translate over to 3D printing, right? There's the the inkjet heads, your materials knowledge that you have to take you can take from from some of the the powder systems. I mean yeah. combining all that with binder jet, right? Like it's, it's yeah, it kind exactly. of all comes I together. think it's I think we see binder jetting and developing this technology in house. It's really uh, using some of the of the strength of, of Rico, as you said, the, the injected are part of our core business. So we know that uh, very well. We we can we were able to formulate ink. So also formulating binder is something we have the, the skills and the knowledge, and obviously combining the binder with. Uh, with the printing head, it's it's part of the our know-how. Maybe something people are not uh, maybe not aware is also Rico has got a very good expertise in uh, in vision system. For example, uh, to include in the we own we own Pentax, which is very known for for the the cameras. But we are we are developing uh, a range of vision technology to be used, for example, in the automotive industry uh, and obviously we can use those uh, that knowledge in the in the vision system to include that into the, the printer to having uh, a printing monitoring system uh, in situ of the of the printing so this is again something we want to to develop and uh, in order to have a, a more reliable printer as well. And so some, I like following your, your posts on LinkedIn because you always throw out some, some cool new materials work that you guys are doing or, or new partners. And I remember a few years ago at, at Formnext, I think you were talking a lot about the, the SLS machine that, that you had been um, working on, but you also had some, some interesting different materials. I think thermosets kind of come to mind. I think I, and can you talk about some of the materials work that you, you also do in conjunction with all the, the hardware development that you're doing? Yeah, def- definitely material is uh, also is part of my, 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 my original role and still a big part of what I do at Rico. But probably Rico is probably well known for, for the polypropylene. We have been printing a polypropylene uh, since the beginning, since... Uh, since 2015-16, when when we've launched the, the material, and it's still a material that uh, our customer really really like the performance of uh, of the material. Uh, again, not just for prototyping, but we have uh, uh, quite a few applications where we are using the the material for uh, for serial production. How do they uh, just sorry to interrupt, but like how do how do customers position polypropylene in the context of 3D printing? Like typically they would look at nylon 12 or nylon 11, but how do, how do they position it in their mind of like, what's the difference from a material performance or cost perspective that they see? I, I think the main application that we see with, uh, with polypropylene is when you need the good, uh, good chemical resistance that you're not, you cannot get with, uh, with nylon. We have the capability of printing uh, of printing parts that are watertight and airtight 
without any any specific post processing. Uh, Obviously, with the with the Rico SLS printer, we can print uh, quite uh, quite large parts. Again, that's uh, something that uh, it's quite quite uh, quite unique to to us. And then there is the the flexibility. We got the material with uh, quite high elongation of break. It's capable to do a very very functional and, and durable part. We can print uh, live hinges that are fully functional, and we actually done some. Uh, some tests as well to characterize the material uh, in terms of uh, in terms of fatigue resistance. We have worked with a with a company, an engineering company in France called uh, MechaStyle, and together we have uh, we have characterized uh, the material in terms of fatigue resistance. Uh, we know we can the material can withstand up to a million cycle in uh, in, uh, in fatigue test. So it's it's quite it's quite impressive. I'm always, uh, you know, always found fun when you go to uh, to an exhibition. You got people taking the parts in their hand and ask, "Can I bend it? Can I? We don't break. Yeah, go for it. The material is is quite resistant, so it's uh, yeah. People still need to be, I think, sometimes educated about the capability of the material available for uh, for three D printing. Uh, and then, as you said, we we have also worked closely with uh, with Tiger uh, Tiger Coatings, uh, which is an Austrian-based company, to to develop a, a range of uh, thermoset materials. And this is our more driven to probably the need of having uh, more high-performance material available for uh, for. Uh, for the application, in particular, we, we have been working on a, a flame retardant grade, and which combine also with the with the properties of thermoset materials, which are slightly different from thermoplastic. They have a higher chemical resistance. They have a higher uh, stability, uh, dimensional stability, high temperature. Uh, they can be processed at relatively low temperatures, so can speed up. The printing process, so that's that's an exciting uh, an exciting development. And again, using a we are using an open parameter system, so we have that flexibility to to test new material, try new things, and but this is what we like to do. <laughs> sure. And so, one of the challenges I've seen in the industry, can I get? I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Is there's this dichotomy between closed systems that like a, a vendor will give you like, Hey, this is how you run polypropylene or nylon or aluminum. And it'll work. It'll work consistently. The customer like can, can start going versus the the open parameter model where there's hundreds, if not thousands of knobs that you could potentially turn on every, any given part in a, in a build. Um, for me, kind of coming from, some of the software work and designing kind of digital tracking and traceability of, of, uh, of parts and the process, how do you balance that? And, and I found like, it's, it's just really challenging. It really depends on the customer in terms of how knowledgeable about the technology they are and are they running it? Are you running it for them? And, and how do you kind of get to that end part in a consistent way? Yeah, but I think for me there is a space for both type of system. And actually, um, in our uh, in our production facility, we got uh, both type of system because we 
we are running a, a multi-jet fusion, or we also have a Stratasys FTM printer. They are closed system and, and they, 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 are, they are a really good system, I would say. It's, uh, it's, uh, they're reliable and we can, we, we can print parts. But we also like, I think, the flexibility uh, of having an open parameter system uh, where if you got a customer project where you need a material that you don't have in-house, obviously we have the ability from an hardware point of view to qualify new material. And I think that probably the challenge with that is that you need to have the, the right skills in-house because operating a, an open parameter system is uh, everyone, I will say. Uh, you, you, you need uh, to have a good, uh, a good understanding on how modifying the, the printing parameters will affect the, the stability of the, of the printer, the, the, the printing, um, uh, you know, the, the, the mechanical properties of the parts you, you print. Obviously, we have learned that uh, with our system, which has been, you know, open, open parameter, uh, from from the beginning, and so we, you know, our uh, our team of engineers, they've got uh, the, the skills and the knowledge to to operate those uh, those kind of system. Does that give you an advantage as your? I mean, part of what you do as well is almost like a, a sort of a service bureau, or kind of more like like contract manufacturing, in, in some ways that you have all these capabilities. Does that help kind of open the subset of or open the the types of customers that you might be able to to go and work with and say hey, a customer comes to you is like hey we've got this problem and here's how we're we're trying to circumvent some supply chain issues or we need a material that does x does, does that help in terms of like having all this experience <laughs> yeah, and parameter development and like oh like we can we can get close yeah we definitely we had some projects that uh we have been running or we are running at the moment where we are testing new materials because uh, the customer need uh, very, very specific uh, uh, properties in, in the material, something we don't have uh, in our standard portfolio. So we, we qualify materials and sort of, yes, we are, we are uh, as you said, uh, let's call it a service bureau, but uh, we really want to be flexible and, and really... Uh, be able to to work uh, according to the requirements of our of our customers. So if the you know we can add value and the business potential is there, we we will customer qualify qualify new materials and obviously uh, uh, during the years I've also built up a, a network with the different uh, uh, material manufacturers, so we can also rely on them in terms of, you know, material sourcing and working with them if there is anything that needs to be done in terms of material formulation. I think it's working with the, the ecosystem and we, you know, we add in value by providing those kind of expertise to, to, to really qualify new materials uh, on our printers. Yeah, and it's a unique space in the industry where, like, Typically, when you think of service bureaus, I don't mean to kind of put you guys in that bucket because I think you guys do uh, like something slightly different. But most service bureaus, like you send a model off and like you might have one back and forth emails like, hey, this doesn't fit or change this 
tolerance mm-hmm. and we'll be okay. But there's not a lot of materials development. Most of those are closed systems. That ability to really modify, almost do R and D, is something that I think the industry is kind of missing, right? Like there, there's if if I'm a company exploring the technology, I've got a couple options, right? I can use the existing subset of materials and go find a service bureau. I, I can go to the vendor of, of some of these technologies and get some demo parts. But if I want to do kind of an earlier technology readiness kind of assessment or feasibility, yeah. that's not it's a, not an obvious track to go, go yeah. down, especially yeah. with you guys, you can do some of the mechanical testing or fatigue testing like you had and quantify yeah. that, which I think is, is pretty unique. Yeah, and, and also, you know, looking at, uh, you know, serial production, on a, another uh, thing that is also important is the certification on, uh, on those materials. And we are also yeah. keen to, to, support, uh, to support on that. We, we had a customer a few, few years ago, we are producing a, a device that is called a, a rotary atomizer with our polypropylene. Uh, so it's, it's a device that is in contact with, uh, with water. So the water then is recirculated and put back into the mm. drinking water system. So the customer wanted some sort of uh, confidence that uh, the, the material was safe uh, to use in that specific application. So we have supported them and, and, and gathered the, the certification called, uh, it's, a, it's a UK certification called the RAS approval which gives the customer the sort of the peace of mind that uh, the material and the device will, uh, will perform and accordingly to the, to the regulation. So this is another aspect we, we can help the, our customer. It's, it's not just uh, qualifying the material, but if they need any, any certification, we are, we are you know, very much keen to, to support them on that front as well. And in your kind of time at Rico, how have you seen the types of customers or types of conversations that you're having with customers evolve? Is, is, is it very much kind of, has there been any major movement in terms of how knowledgeable customers are about what they're asking or are there different trends that you're seeing from, from where you're sitting? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it, it, it all, we have a, a very, wide spectrum of, of customer. We have got customers that are probably more advanced in their in their journey with uh, with additive manufacturing. I would say these are the type of customer that uh, are already using or consider to use additive manufacturing for for serial production. And uh, and then you got customers that are probably more, I would say not on the on the early stage, but they are still learning more about uh, about additive manufacturing so i think it's it's down to 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 help them understanding what are you know the benefit but also the the limitation of uh, of the technology and you know one of the advantages of you know 3d printing that you can uh, you can try things you don't have to invest in a in a in a mold in a mold tool or uh, setting up a CNC machine or, or whatever you you print you try you you and then you you reiterate your your design until you get uh, you know you get the right one so I think it's also obviously giving the advice in terms of design and the best and the best material they can 
they can use for their application and then is is try and try and learn and you know and then when you bring new technology to to the market it's uh, you know is starting the journey again because recently we have partnered with uh, with impossible object so we are now bringing that technology to to Europe it's it's a technology that is probably less known in Europe and again we are getting down to that uh, education process of customers with uh, with a new technology yep company i know very well being here in chicago and certainly a yeah. unique process right in terms of how to think about it contextually and how it works and yeah. like you said it's kind of educating the customer of like what are the different material subsets and there's a paper substrate non-woven substrate involved and, and so it's uh, kind of making people think a little bit yeah and i think as a you know the advice they give to customer if they you know they are unsure you know it's if you can if you the budget try it and, and i think it's the best way to to learn and uh, you know even even if you made a mistake at least you learned something and you can use that uh, you know that learning to to improve on your design or maybe change the material you want to you want to use and maybe try a, a slightly different process uh, and again coming back to what we were saying uh, before having uh, uh, an open parameter system give you also the the possibility to to print part with different parameter and see how they perform in the end use application so that's another sort of kind of flexibility you got when when you got uh, uh, an open parameter system is not only you can play on the on the part orientation you can also play on the uh, on the printing parameters so do you think that's kind of the biggest motivator for kind of designing your own equipment because having been involved with a number of companies who have built printers at large scales or more professional scales i mean it's hard right you've got software you've got mechanical systems you've got materials all in there um and so going after that i mean rico has a history of building kind of complex machinery but was that the the openness or open parameter possibility and you kind of being able to utilize some of that own technology was that a big motivator and going down that direction yeah yeah and i think really giving the customer the the opportunity to you know to to develop the right uh, the right material and the right parameters for their their application because every application is uh, is different so having that flexibility i think it's uh, you know we are we are we are talking a lot about uh, 3D printing being a technology well suited for customization. Mm -hmm. Customization can also be in the the parameter you use to 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 print uh, uh, your uh, your parts, and maybe different application will need a different uh, parameter set to to work. So I think it's 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 really giving the the customer the opportunity to to optimize. The, the process for their needs. I think that's a really a big, uh, a big motivator for for us to to come to the market. And I imagine too. I mean, you Rico itself has so like it's such a it's a billion dollar multinational company. You already have a lot of networks and manufacturing and even stuff that you're building now that that also helps. And you've you've got almost yeah. a built in supply or um, sales chain or um, kind of sales 
channel is probably the better word yeah. then. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's yeah, the, yeah, the definitely. So as, as you've you've got all these different kind of technology kind of platforms kind of coming online, like what's what are some industries that that you see over and over are kind of moving into that direction where like they they really get three D printing, they they understand it. They're kind of looking to scale into that production or customized parameter set. Do you do you have any? Do you see any trends? I mean, long like everyone goes to like aerospace and medical, but is, is there is there anything new that you're seeing on from where you're sitting? Yeah, I would say no. Again, I think really from you know our current experience, definitely medical mm-hmm. automotive are definitely a big a big user of uh, of additive manufacturing. I would say. A, across the, the spectrum of the different industry vertical at different level, you know, you have, I think now all different sectors are, are getting used to using more and more 3D printing as a, as a technology, maybe in some case more for prototyping, in other cases, uh, as I said, is to using it for, for serial production. And, you know, if you also look in the, in the news, you can see application, you know, for so many different uh, things, sometimes it's, it's totally unexpected. The kind of way people using using three D printing, you know, yeah. and, and now people starting using it for for construction, for building houses, or for space exploration, big rockets. So it's uh, you know, and now you're also going, you know, onto the small side. You have these printers that are able to print those very very tiny object maybe for for electronics so it's it's really fascinating how the technology is is evolving and how different sectors are you know using it to, to you know to speed up their process to make new products and go faster to market i think you know tracking really the benefits of the technology yeah so i've got kind of two last questions but switching gears a little bit and more talking about kind of to some folks who who may be ex- interested about exploring 3D printing and as a career path. So the first one is kind of maybe can you talk through the different types of of jobs that you have in your facility, like or, or what sorts of skill sets, backgrounds that that people have in in your space, and what what sorts of activities or jobs are they doing? Yeah. So, but just to start from myself, but on. Our- couple of other colleagues have a you know a role that is very similar to to mine is is really I'm involved in so many different things so from uh, liaising with uh, with the material manufacturer I'm working really closely as well with uh, with the customer directly uh, providing technical uh, technical support I'm working with uh, uh, my colleagues in in Japan in in R&D to you know development of uh, of new of new technologies a bit of we'll say business development with uh, uh, with impossible object technology that is still relatively relatively new uh, then we got uh, you know uh, production operator that are running the machine day in day out and you know uh, doing the QC on the on the parts we ship to the to the customer, they are able to, you know, identify uh, potential, you know, uh, risk when when you have the, you know, 
starting a job and advise the customer if there is anything they also need to to change or got people making a build file, got people testing material either offline or on on, on, on the printer. So it's we are uh, we are very much a a, a team of engineer in uh, you know in our uh, in our team and. Uh, quite versatile i think you really need quite versatile type of uh, skill set uh, in turn, you know but definitely material knowledge uh, process understanding it's 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 really it's really important and you know obviously being able to interfacing with uh, with customers uh, from you know also other things that i particularly like also is customer from different you know industry and cultural background it's 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 really it's it's really interesting well and so my last question is kind of what what advice would you give someone maybe a non-engineer kind of looking to come into the 3d printing space and then an engineer that's looking to to come in that's maybe like like yourself that was new to the industry kind of just starting out what any kind of thoughts that you would like to share yeah i think it's for me one of the key key aspect is uh, for 3D printing, I think, is uh, to be be curious, you know, if even if you are not an engineer, but be be curious and because it's a it, it's an industry that is uh, is moving is moving very fast. Uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, you know new technologies, software material being developed nearly on a on a daily basis. Uh, there are also people that are really really knowledgeable in the in the industry. So I think curiosity uh, for for me personally, it, it's really I'm definitely a, a curious person. So always keen to to sort of stay up to date to, to with the latest trend. Ask uh, ask uh, you know people uh, the right question, and there is no stupid question if you if you don't know. Maybe someone else we know the the answer, and uh, you know be be curious. I think for me, it's curiosity. It's uh, it's a big driver, at least for, for, for me, and probably the the sort of the, the suggestion that I will give to any anyone uh, new to the industry: talk talk with people, read, and uh, there are a lot of events as well, webinar where you can learn you can learn a lot about uh, about the technology. Yeah, I think that's that's excellent advice. I think even regardless of whether it's three D printing or something else, yeah. if you're curious, asking questions, and think. That's uh, that goes along a, w- a lot of way in, in in whatever career path you choose. Yes, definitely. So, Enrico, thank you so much for for joining the the show today. I mean, maybe one last question: like, what are you excited for? Kind of going into the uh, the next few months into the the last part of the year and into twenty twenty two. I have to think about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely, as I said at the moment. With uh, definitely the development of our binder jetting, uh, binder jetting technology is something very, very exciting at the at the moment. It's uh, it's a really big uh, big project for us, and you know, really keen to to develop a new application with uh, with customers and also partner with other companies in the in the ecosystem to to bring this uh, this technology. Uh, to market in the in the coming years, and de- definitely also the, the impossible object technology is uh, something very 
very exciting for us. Uh, uh, this sort of it's a, it's a it's a great technology. Um, the materials have uh, uh, great performance, and you know, composite again is uh, is a very uh, dynamic area for additive manufacturing. is is a market that is is growing uh, very fast. So really playing our role in that uh, in that market is something really really exciting for for us and then yeah keep growing our our business you know it's still a, a new relatively new business for rico compared to you know the traditional business so keep keep growing keep developing new new things and you know be innovative and support our customer with with their needs fantastic well thank you so much for joining the show today look forward to seeing yeah, thank you in you person for- yeah, thank you for the invite. Yeah, hopefully see you in person uh, in the next few months. Sounds great. Thanks, Enrico. Thank you.